armies draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, in thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, episode 45, Kitchen Witchery. You'll be married for a baker's dozen now. A baker's dozen. <laughs> That's funny. Well, hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Third Eye Bind. This week, we, we are talk- talking oh, should I announce about... What we're talking no, about? we're talking about okay, it. Yeah, we're, we're talking, talking about, about kitchen, kitchen witchery. Yum, yum. Yummy, yum. In my <laughs> tummy, tum. <laughs> but before we get into this week's topic, we would like to invite you to support our independent podcast by liking this video, subscribing on YouTube, leaving comments, or leaving us a five-star rating on whatever streaming platform you're listening from. And if you really love us and want to support us, we have a few ways you can do that via Patreon at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Yeah, I think it's, it's Third Eye Bind or Third, Third Eye Bind Pod. It's one of those. Forget. You'll find us. Uh, and it's all linked in the show notes and on our website. And Laura has designed some really incredible merch, which you can shop on our website. Mm-hmm. And directly, well, maybe not yet directly from YouTube, but... You can find it in our show notes. You can find it in our show notes. You can find it in the link in our bio on IG. Be sure to give us a follow on IG. Tell your friends. Yes. You can have your very own schmug. Mm-hmm. A schmug. A schmug. Or a t-shirt with or Hermes on it. Yes. Our custom Hermes. There's so I'm much cute stuff mm-hmm. on the merch shop. Yes. So be sure Please to check it out. support that. Yeah. That goes directly to making our podcast keep a podcasting. Mm-hmm. Podcasting. <laughs> yes. Ugh. And I do think we provide a really valuable free resource to our community that's the feedback that we've been consistent consistently receiving and while it's free for everyone else it's not free for us it's not free for us so (laughs) patreon really really helps we have Mm -hmm. an amazing number of you already donating and Um, thank you and thank you Mm -hmm. and we see you and we really really we're so grateful thank you so so let's get kitchen into our witchery. Kitchen witchery. Okay, I let's that. see what the cards. What the cards have for a snack? For Ooh, us that's today, it. what's a? Okay, I like. I'm very curious. Oh, comfy kitchen. There's a sale at the chitchen store. That's a Mall Madness reference. (laughs) I pulled the Four of Cups. The Four of Cups. The Four of Cups is this moment where we may not necessarily want to pause, but the pause is absolutely necessary for us to have the capacity to move forward, for us to receive the messages that the good spirits have to offer to us. It's a time when we're not, we're kind of feeling depleted. We're not feeling completely supported. And we feel like we need to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. But the universe is like, babe, you just need to be still for a minute so that you can see what's immediately in front of you. And I feel like this relates to kitchen witchery in a beautiful way because making food requires time Mm, 
Hmm. energy, attention, something that we don't always have to offer or feel like offering. But it is in that pause, taking a break from everything else around you and forcing yourself to be in the kitchen and to prepare yourself some sort of meal, even if it's like, you know, lunch meat and some crackers, but like something for yourself. That's an offering to your body and it's a way to refill your cup when you're feeling depleted. And food really is an act of service to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It requires time. I love that you said time is required because I've been doing a lot of Jack in the Box mm-hmm. and not re- preparing meals for myself. And I'm pretty big on kitchen witchery and kit. It's probably the most natural arena that I was drawn to, like without before I like knew. I think it's a natural skill that I have to cook mm-hmm. and to cook intuitively, mm. which is magical. And yeah, it absolutely requires time to, and even moments to like instill magic into your ingredients. It takes like the extra intent and a little bit of extra sauce, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, activate an ingredient and consciously or unconsciously make it a meal like mm-hmm. magical. It's alchemical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does require time and it, it, I've been like the four of cups, like very that energy lately. And I, I definitely relate to the needing of time because when you're hungry, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time. If you're hungry to the point of like, I need to eat something or I will pass out or mm-hmm. something will happen to me. Like you have to just eat what yeah. you have on hand and you don't maybe have time to make a magical bake a magical batch of muffins mm-hmm. you know but yeah I definitely relate to that and I feel like food is one of those things that because of capitalism we just don't always have or feel like we have time for and when I was in the apparel industry like not eating was so glorified not only from like a yeah. 90s models ripple effect perspective. Eating although cotton balls. Exactly. There was a lot of like ED stuff going on in the apparel yeah. industry. Everybody wants to be sample size. But like there was this glorification of working through your lunch breaks. Oh. Of like being so busy that you can't stop and eat. And I can't yeah. tell you how many bosses I worked for who were like, I don't have time to eat. I work through my lunch. I don't have time to eat. I work through my lunch. And for a long time, I was like that too. Oh, I do that. I was like super programmed in that mindset. Like I show my dedication by not feeding myself. And mm. it took a lot of work with my good spirits to realize like, no, you absolutely must you absolutely must make the time to feed yourself yeah. by any means, by any means necessary. And it really was like a big part of my radicalization, to yeah. be honest, yeah. to like start yeah. taking back my lunch break and taking it really seriously and like praying over my food before I eat it, whether it was ramen or something that I had meal prepped ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Food is something that we just don't really have a lot of time for. And it's a, yeah, a bummer because it, is a bummer. it really is magical. It is a 
it is totally a symptom of like capitalism that we don't and mm-hmm. why fast food exists and perpetuates. Mm-hmm. And look, I love fast food. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I, I ate a lot of fast food and preservative filled rice arones growing I up. I love rice arones. I love rice. Boxed so pastas <laughs> created this, okay? <laughs> Whatever mental illness I have is probably from all the preservatives. I'm just kidding. But it's not to say like my parents didn't cook for me that food is a big part of like Portuguese culture and like my parents both really have emotional relationships with food Mm. which is both good and bad um in that I'm an emotional eater Mm. and and sometimes I think it's okay I I think I relate lately just because I've been so busy. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm trying to work through lunch. Yeah. But Mike will tell you, sometimes I'm like, I'm just not eating lunch today because I'm so hyper-focused on what I'm doing. Like, I just don't. And then I, like, will, like, get my fill at dinner. Like, I'm never not eating. I am not that person. If anything, it's the opposite where I'm, like, eating too much of a good thing or Mm -hmm. something. And I've had to learn balance with that but it's always balanced. Like it's, I've never had like an ED or anything like that. Cause I love eat. I'm a Taurus, right? Like mm. I love, I'm, I love food and pleasurable things. And <laughs> I haven't luckily had any issues with that, but you know, definitely body image for sure. I live in Los Angeles mm. and I, it's a big thing to like, want to be like a sample size or mm-hmm. whatever and be thin and, I've tried dieting and doing like keto and things like that. And it's just not sustainable for me because I enjoy eating the things that I want to eat. And, and food is, is pleasure and being more than a sample size is more than okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's real hard that we put that on ourselves, you know, and, it's hard to it's hard to avoid. I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. It is hard to avoid. Going back to what we talked about last week when it comes to the power of performance and media, there's yeah. this spectrum of how it can swing, you know, both ways. Mm-hmm. And food, preparing our food as performance and as ritual can be a really beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. The onion volcano. Yes. <laughs> um, Flip a shrimp in my mouth. But then we also have this other side of things where the performance of the media affects how we see ourselves and how we Ugh. feed ourselves. And like yeah. growing up in the 90s was hard. Drink milk and you'll be fine. Right. But don't eat. But don't eat. Don't eat. Because, okay, people were so so skinny back then so skinny so whether skinny. it was from drugs or just yeah. not eating the, like like heroin chic heroin was chic thing. was like a thing and it was like the standard of beauty yeah. and it was like it's it had to have been exhausting for our moms and oh yeah oh my god it's just it's 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 a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot especially if you're doing something where you like if you're a performer or an mm. actor where your body is being judged and your looks are being judged. And that's partially the why ad, the I camera don't... adds 10 pounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think yeah. about that all the time. I think about that all mm. the time in the back of my head. It's like, Oh, I look really good today, but how would I look on camera? 
Yeah. That's not a healthy thought to have. Mm. And that, I think, goes back from... I don't know. I mean, I think when I moved to L.A., it got worse. Mm -hmm. Being in a culture that, while it's so beautiful and diverse, and I absolutely love Los Angeles, and I love living here, and I'm very lucky to be able to afford to live here, and, and I'm grateful. You know, there's a culture of, like, we're taking diabetes medications to to lose weight when we don't have diabetes mm -hmm. like it's a it's it's really hard when you don't see when people don't see themselves in roles of like power and strength and like beauty absolutely and it's cha it's changed a lot it's for the better it's changing a lot now yes but yeah for a long time you just didn't see fat people on tv no. You just didn't see black and brown people on TV. No. Like there was a resurgence of like really cool people of color shows in the 90s that also yeah. like went away. Yeah. But like UPN was kind of yeah. awesome at that time. But yeah, you just didn't. Or if you did see people who were more than a size two, they were the joke. Like Bridget Jones Diary is a good example yes. of the whole joke is like she's supposed to be fat in yeah. a negative way. And she's like maybe a size six, maybe a six, maybe, maybe a six. She looked be normal and beautiful, yeah. and the whole. But framing that movie around the narrative of uh, narrative of like this is what fat looks like, yeah, and that shallow there's, hell. There's something wrong with her, and she's lucky to yeah. get anybody. Yeah, that is unbelievably messed up. It's so fucked up. There was a lot of mm -hmm. movies like that where it's, you know, the fat friend gets made fun of. Yeah. Shallow Howl is a movie. Yeah, all about all making about. fun of that. Friends. Do you remember like Friends. Monica? There, there oh, was a whole yeah, joke about Monica how Monica to be got fat. skinny now. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's never fat like suits. this is just a human. Yeah. We all have normal human bodies yeah. in various shapes and sizes. Yeah. And like no wonder so many of us have complicated relationships with, body with and food and, and food. body. And, and that feeds into our how we pleasure ourselves mm -hmm. and how we experience pleasure and how we allow ourselves to feel pleasure. Yes. I think I think worthiness has a lot to do with that, whether Absolutely. it's like sex trauma or food trauma. I feel mm -hmm. like these sorts of traumas sort of feed into each other with, yeah. you know, like indulgence. In a way, they're all kind of connected. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the food is in itself like a transformative art, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's sad that we don't have time to do that mm -hmm. communally. And it's, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but like Mike is Chinese, shocker. My last name is Wong. Um, but <laughs> In, the, in other cultures, other than, like, Western white cultures, like, sharing food is a is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Food is, like, this, the thing that – the pleasure that brings everyone together to, mm -hmm. like, share ritual or just family. joy and mm -hmm. family. And it's, like, a symbol of all these things. <sighs> I tend to, like, not like to share my food. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's just, like, I guess – I guess it's because, I mean, I'll share. I'm not like, oh, you can't have it. But my instinct is to be like, I got my food. You got your food. It's just, <laughs> I want my bowl of mac and cheese by myself. Like, yeah. I don't, it is, I'm not going to bullshit. Like, that's, that's yeah. how I tend to be. And um, looking back, like, when I was growing up, we never ate food at the table together. Mm. Ever. 
it was like me and my brother would sit at on TV trays and like watch TV while we ate together. Yeah. You know, my mom would eat like separately in the kitchen and my dad for whatever reason. There's yeah. nothing like wrong with that. But like the communal element wasn't there mm-hmm. like ever. Mm. We yeah. And so it's we would when we barbecued with like our like Portuguese like family and stuff, we would do barbecues and stuff like I'm from Santa Maria, California, which is like the tri-tip capital of the world. <laughs> and we love to barbecue. So but it's weird because when I smell barbecue, I love the smell of barbecue because yeah. it reminds me of family yeah. because I have that connection to it, that it mm-hmm. meant family was together but normal dinner situations aren't always like that. <laughs> I don't know. How was it when you were growing up? I mean, growing up, we did lots of TV yeah, dinners yeah. too, but we were all in the same room. Yeah, yeah. We all ate in the That's same cool. room, but on our perspective, you know, our respective TV trays. Sometimes we did like dinner, table dinner, depending yeah. on my parents' mood. That's cool. It was really just a matter of like what everybody was up What's for. Or if there was like shit all over our dining table, right, which happens, yeah. like mail, backpacks. Yeah. That's mostly why we ended up eating at TV trays because all of our yeah. stuff just kind of got piled like on the a TV table tray. and we got home. Me too. There's nothing wrong with like, I think communal eating looks different for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah, but we know? were together and we were all yeah. watching the same Rock of Love together <laughs> and talking about it together. I'm super blessed because not only did my parents both cook, but they were also really into trashy TV and like the early onset of trashy TV. Yeah. Like I absolutely watched shows that were not appropriate, yes. but so good. <laughs> yes. Um, and I grew up in a house where like, we yell at the TV. That's part yeah. of the fun. Yeah. And so we're all yelling at the TV together, eating. <laughs> and my dad usually cooked for us because he was the one that was home earlier. And there was always something amazing to eat. Like he was. What was your favorite meal? I know. What I'm was sorry. your favorite <laughs> meal that he would cook? I've been really missing him lately. Um if you don't want to God, share, it's, it's hard okay. to decide. I, you know, it's funny. Lola asked me this the other day, but I really love, there's this uh, Cuban dish called um, pollo fricasse. Mm. So it's like chicken fricassee, mm. but Cuban style. And so it's like a whole chicken cooked in the pot with like potatoes and onions and uh, lots of garlic and bell peppers and like an entire bottle of wine. And it just mm. like sits on the stove all fucking day long. And then at the end of the night, you get to eat it and you like pour the juices all over your white rice mm-hmm. and the chicken like falls off the bone. And that's one of my favorite things that he would make and my abuela would make too. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. But my dad loved food so much that he would cook food from all uh, anywhere yeah. if he saw something he liked yeah he would make it we watched a lot of food network Ooh, yeah in our house mm-hmm. and so like food was always really important like mm-hmm. making sure that we ate was always important and I'm also really grateful to my dad because he took so much pride in making our lunches every day mm-hmm. for school like that was really one of his rituals and he would I was like little neurodivergent kid like if the food didn't look the way I needed it to look Mm -hmm. I wouldn't eat it so he would cut all of my sandwiches into seasonal shapes like during Lent he would send me lox and cream cheese or little cucumber sushi rolls like he was just so good at that and that's something that I've inherited from him with my kids and I spend a lot of time in the mornings like making these really special lunches that are for each of them and their unique tastes and preferences and like that really is a 
a ritual. And when they get home, like seeing the empty lunchbox, like feels so fucking good. You know what's a super ritual you add on to that? Mm. Writing notes to your kids and lunches. My mom did that. <laughs> yes. She would write me little poems and little mm. things and like, that's a spell. Yes. My mom's a witch. Is, Absolutely. Like, she's very witchy. I love leaving notes in the lunch. Although lately Lola's like, can you put random facts in my lunchbox? I was like, bro, that's going to hey. take a lot more planning, but I can work on it. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe I can like print a bunch up on Canva yeah. or something. <laughs> that's really cute. Aw. But that kind of has that four of cups energy too. Like in a world where we feel like we're always rushing, where it might be easier to like tell them to just eat free lunch at school. Like I've made a commitment to myself and to the babies that like I'm always going to do this for you. Yeah. Every day. So you have exactly what you want. Yeah. Every day. And you can feel like the the love in your tummy. Yeah. It's important when you have like if you're able to if you have little loved ones, like we cook for i buy bougie ass like dried whatever the dog food for kaiju and then we cook for my husband cooks for fox he eats bison which is a not cheap but it's like the only thing he's not allergic to and like fox and we usually include like greens from the garden like it's a whole thing and it's like not cheap but like there are equivalent to babies Mm -hmm. so that's what we do for them yes you You pour your love into their meals which bison was cheaper but whatever for sure it is delicious though but speaking of like what your parents taught you in gardening and stuff like my dad my dad's love language is gardening Mm -hmm. and talking about gardening and he's like a very green thumb Mm -hmm. he always had gardens like growing up so we did have although we did eat a lot of boxed meals uh which are delicious um yeah you just say a little prayer over it it's all good it's delicious (laughs) it's still magic it's still magic Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like bougie food to be magical mm-hmm. and whatever but um except for domino's pizza is the devil because it gives me mad diarrhea uh, and i don't like you domino's pizza. <laughs> you've given me four times that food will poisoning. never be magical for laura no not for me sorry but um don't sponsor us domino's pizza i will reject it I will reject your hundreds and but thousands purgatory of dollars. Pizza, we're still waiting. Oh, <laughs> Lucifer's yes, pizza. Lucifer's pizza. pizza. Either one. I love really. Purg- I pictured pizza, like a pizza place in Purgatory called yeah. Purgatory's Pizza. We used to order Purgatory when I lived in Echo Park. Yes, it's a good one. Can a pizza oh, it's a real. Wait, yeah, it's, it's real. A, oh, I thought you made it up. No. Oh. Can a pizza place sponsor us? Devil we Satan. We love pizza. Esque pizza place to sponsor us please (laughs) anyways my dad taught me about gardening Mm -hmm. and so I did have that element of like growing your own stuff Mm. and what that feels like and that's definitely something that like when I eat something I've grown it tastes a lot different Mm -hmm. because it's not have chemicals on it Mm -hmm. but also I grew it and it is Mm -hmm. magical because I grew it myself you know my dad was a big green thumb, too. Like, gardening was one of his love mm-hmm. languages, too. And I remember him, like, handing me tomatoes that he had grown. Yeah, and, tomatoes are a thing. Mm-hmm. When we lived in our first house, we had tomatoes and pumpkins and corn yeah. and beans. And, like, it was just really, really cool. It was really cool. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. My dad's nickname is Pickle Jim. 
That's funny. So he likes to pickle things. Yes. Which is magic in itself. Pickling is magic. Can we talk about pickles magic. for a minute? Pickling is. Pickles. Who thought of pickling? Like that's. Really though. Preserving where did it start? We, and transforming. Yes. It's Making magical. food last through seasons when, like, the fresh food doesn't yeah. exist. It's not possible. Like, that's fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. Like, salted meats and pickling. Like, yeah. that's magic. Yes. It is it is magic and alchemy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think he realizes it, but it is very mm-hmm. magical, like... Pickling. I love pickles. It's I love so pickle cool. juice. My grandma was really into jarring things. Yes. Like making fruit preserves mm-hmm. and things like that. And my, my mom's mom, Mary, she grew up during the Depression in Boyle Heights. And so she was used to, and she had seven siblings. And they were super poor. And they were like one of the first Mexican families to move into that neighborhood because it was primarily Jewish. Like Cesar Chavez Boulevard used to be called mm-hmm. Brooklyn Boulevard. And... My grandma just had this way of making incredible food from nothing. Mm -hmm. And she used every single bit of everything. And I think a lot of that comes from growing up in the Depression. But I remember watching her lay out dough to make biscuits. Mm. And, like, for me, like, I'll go and get the Pillsbury ones because I... Just a rolling pin? I can't. (laughs) Where am I going to put it? In my teeny tiny apartment. Um, But she would like roll out biscuits. And I remember watching her cut them. And the way she would knead the dough back together, roll it out again. And just keep making more and more. And then she would take all the little scraps Mm -hmm. and like freeze them for the next batch and integrate it into the next batch she made. And I was like, that's magical. The way there's always something. Or she would take the leftover and those would become dumplings and chicken and dumplings. And like she had this way of of alchemizing whatever limited resources were available to her and like making a feast for us. Yes. That was a learned skill that we've lost Mm -hmm. because of capitalism capitalism. and just different things. Mm -hmm. Like it's funny because during COVID, during lockdown, what did people do? We baked. They baked. Mm-hmm. They made a bunch of banana bread. Mm-hmm. Baking is therapeutic. And- mm-hmm. It's useful. Like that, we started, it's like it, we almost started to like be like, oh, we have time. We want to bake. We want to cook. We want to mm-hmm. create. We want to do things that, and as much as it was a, an extremely awful and is an awful thing in the world like if you're gonna look at any silver lining I think it was like what did you do when you had time Mm -hmm. you know yeah my garden was like remember the tomatoes yeah they were too my garden looked amazing yeah because it wasn't even that I was doing anything differently to it I did like rituals when I planted it like intense ones because I thought I was gonna have to live off of my tomatoes (laughs) and and I was scared yeah but like it worked and it worked in and it it worked and it was just like a very good example of like putting time into your rituals your magic Mm -hmm. your cooking the difference that it really really does make Mm -hmm. the energy that you put into it absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And even if you don't have the time, like you said, 
If you're, I like a frozen Trader Joe's pasta moment myself. Me too. I subscribe to a Factor, which is like, okay, so they are not frozen. It's like fresh food and they're individual meals and they're actually big enough to fill you up. Usually those meal things are not enough. You have to eat two. Um, But they drop them off on your doorstep. Oh, that's cool. And sponsor us? Sponsor us. Factor, (laughs) you sponsor a lot of podcasts. We should reach out. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. Um, But this is not an ad. Not an ad. But something I did tell my friends is like, I've started eating lunch again. Because before I was like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And... It's a touch to your head. We're good. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Baby hairs. Yeah. Um, but because I started doing that, I'm actually eating lunch again. And because yeah. I'm eating lunch, I've started making myself breakfast because I'm not stressed about not knowing what I'm going to cook for myself later. And even though it's definitely a shortcut, I'm not preparing the meal from start to finish. I am taking the time for the ritual of feeding myself mm-hmm. and nourishing my body. And like sometimes yeah. that's what you got to do. Yeah. And that's okay. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. And that's still, there's still ways to activate that leftover pizza, you know, mm-hmm. like just that, that gratefulness, that acknowledgement that you're taking a moment to mm-hmm. fill your cup. Yes. Especially as a mom. Yeah. I would imagine as a parent, like just, especially, <laughs> I, you know, I feed my dogs twice. It's fine. It's not that big of a hassle, but my kids are always eating. You have to fill your own cup before you help <laughs> others sort of yes, a thing. Like exactly. you're the fountain and then you fill up the fountain and then the little cups on the side mm-hmm. get fed, you know. And before yeah. like it was getting to the point where by the time I was picking up my kids, I was hitting the wall so hard because yeah. I was so hungry and then I yeah. had to go make dinner. Are yeah. you kidding me? That doesn't sound fun. It's a lot. So it it really was super helpful for me and I'm – I'm grateful and like we have to find ways to make rituals out of the things we do for convenience uh-huh and that's okay that's practical magic yeah, that's practical magic mm-hmm. like when I'm eating whether I've prepared it myself or I put it in the microwave I don't have my laptop open anymore yeah like, I turn off all the screens yeah I don't do work things I just eat yeah and that has been really like energizing uh-huh. for me it's a break it's mm-hmm. just like a little meditation if like yeah. body meditation almost like a real mind. lunch like break like a real lunch mm-hmm. break where you just sit there and you eat and i think when you work for yourself it's so easy to just keep multitasking multitasking yeah especially when you're in a groove yeah but i've really had to become disciplined with myself on that and i'm i'm glad i did you know i definitely sometimes feel like the four of cups like pouting there like i don't wanna i wanna keep yeah. sending emails and it's like no, you're just, yeah. you're going to just sit and eat. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good about mm-hmm. eating. I'm really good at eating. Yeah. No, I am because I like it so much that I look forward to it. When it becomes a problem is when it's the only thing I look forward to, mm-hmm. which has happened because I'm sad sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it that much where I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to have dinner. And and my Mike, my partner, and I like love to cook together. That's cute. We have our little things that we are our little magicians at like i always bake and he always makes like salmon that's his thing i don't do the salmon but it's like we all have our we have our little like things where yeah i make the garlic bread that's my i make really good garlic bread and that's my thing that i make and it's just like how it is it's in it's like a little cooking coven almost with two people yeah it's really fun we like it a lot i don't like sharing the kitchen 
personally. I really don't either, but I'll do it for him. I don't like sharing it. And I've had to get out of that mindset with my kids because they oh, always want to yeah. be up in they there help. helping. And I need to let them help because yeah. one of the regrets I have with my dad is that like he would always chase us out of the kitchen because we were in his way. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, I have no practical life skills. <laughs> You're like, great. I don't use a rolling pin. I don't know how to use a knife. Like, yeah. So I'm trying to be better about letting them be around when I'm doing stuff because the truth is they don't even want to help that much anyway. They just want to be around you. They just want to touch some things and then like bounce and go back to whatever they were doing. So like what am I so pressed about that I can't let them hang out What's the worst that can happen? They might gain a valuable life skill. It'll be five extra minutes to prepare the meal because they're around distracting you Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. No, it's I've had to learn to share too. I mean, when I'm when I'm baking when I'm cooking something though like I'm in the zone yeah. and if it's just me cooking for him then if it's a together sitch where like we'll be like what do you want you know if it's if it's a frozen pizza okay I'll chop the mushrooms you reheat it or whatever yeah. I don't know like there's there's little things we That's do cute. as a team but mm-hmm. if I'm like just baking muffins it's my thing I'll even throw on my headphones listen to a podcast yeah. just like zone out and like when I make soup I love making soup. Not to be cliche witch, but when I make soup, it is a f- effing spell. Mm-hmm. An effing mm-hmm. spell. Like, it, I don't, I do everything intuitively. Like, it drives mm-hmm. Mike crazy sometimes because he's like, well, how much do you know you're putting in? Like, and I'm like, I don't know. Let's see what happens, baby. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just like, I just know. And mm-hmm. it always does turn out. Like, I make, I just intuitively, like, I understand when to stop putting something in like I rarely mess things up yeah and it's I love making soup it's really (sighs) it's really magical and I can even feel like when I'm cooking with intention like I can feel like the way that I sprinkle something in or Mm -hmm. is like a whole thing and like the way you stir something and the way it's Mm -hmm. so specific to everybody and that's why it's hard to share a kitchen I think for a witch if you're if you like to cook because you're just like this is my thing Mm -hmm. you know and Mike's like that too like there's I can tell it's funny because I can tell like the way I'm stirring something he'll be like I wouldn't stir it like that Uh (laughs) wouldn't do that (laughs) my mom and dad were like that it was so yeah and and I can tell (laughs) so sometimes I'll just let him stir it yeah we stir differently like he likes to use a spatula to stir things and I'm like what are you doing (laughs) but he has his method. So yes. it's a very, it's his little magicianry is different than mm-hmm. mine, but he's a really good cook too. And he's, mm. he's honestly cooked for me the past like few months when I've just been real, real busy. Like yeah. he'll cook for me. I love when something cooks for me. It's just really that nice. My, that is my favorite thing when someone cooks for me. Like my husband doesn't cook a lot. Of, he gets super self-conscious about the things that he cooks just because my dad was such a rock star uh-huh. in the kitchen. And I'm like, you don't understand. The fact that you are cooking for me yeah. makes it Aww. delicious. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's grilled cheese, oh, if it's a bean burrito. Like, the fact that you're doing it uh-huh. for me because mm-hmm. you want me to eat something is everything mm-hmm. to me. Like, there's I nothing more that. delicious than that for me. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It's, it's really, delicious. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I also get really butthurt when like 
I make something and I'm like, it is done. It is a masterpiece. And the mic's like, I'm going to throw some, some hot sauce on this. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to add some meat or I'm going to add some like <laughs> some uh, meatless like tofurkey or some. You're like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to add some bacon. Do you want some? I'm like, what the f*** are you doing? What the f*** are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's really funny. I'm like, you're ruining my masterpiece. But it's like, it's just food. But I get why it. Why does it matter so much? You know, it's so silly that I do that. <laughs> But yeah, something that was always really <laughs> magical growing up was watching my nana make tamales. Ooh, like every, I love that whole process. Every Christmas, just like from They're so good that cornmeal into magic, like magic, all the different fillings that she always made two kinds, red and green. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just watching her make the fillings for the different tamales, like the smell, the sweetness of the corn, like it's just, and then when she would open up the thing and all the steam would mm-hmm. come out, oh, like that's so witchy too, all the steam coming out of the giant yeah. cauldron and then you pull out these yeah. little pockets of deliciousness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the imagery of a cauldron too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's a device you cook with mm-hmm. traditionally. Yeah. And yeah, whether you're cook I wonder how that came to be associated with witches. It was probably from the healers yeah. and the the just who like cooked women and for people in and general. women. And yeah. It being associated with like the household, like brooms too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like it's all women. It's traditionally all women's traditional, work. like women's work. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite cauldron is the rice cooker. <gasps> <Yes>. <laughs> and I feel like there's something so ritualistic about washing the rice um yeah cleaning like cleansing something we like you need to wash the rice until the water is Is clear clear. you need to wash and then you wash it one more time or twice more just in case (sighs) and I always feel like you can taste how many times and with how much intention the wash the rice was washed (laughs) yeah and it's something that I've had to like kind of teach my husband and the other day he made rice and he washed he's like I washed it 13 times is that okay I was like absolutely when he was done he was like it's probably not as good as yours and I was like this is the best rice you've ever made like there's something, it takes so much time. You have to be careful so you don't spill rice down your garbage disposal. Yeah. <laughs> and it really does, like, uh, it's so good. Rice is my favorite food. I love rice. I love what rice. What do you just eat, eat it by itself? What do you like to oh, do so with the rice? Oh, so many ways. So, like, in, Obviously, as a side dish. In but. Cuban culture, we eat a lot of white rice, and that comes from, well, there's two things. I think rice came with the enslaved Africans during the Middle Passage. And then it also came because after the abolition of slavery, um, the Spanish decided to exploit labor in a different way by bringing in indentured like servants, basically, just a different name for slaves, mm-hmm. um, from China. Mm-hmm. And so like Cubans cook with the wok, we eat fried rice and we eat white rice, yeah. which isn't as common in other Latin American like, cultures. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. So we eat a lot of white rice with black beans, we eat white rice with red beans, we eat white rice with garbanzo beans we mm. eat rice with chicken like arroz con pollo yeah. and like just white rice white rice white rice with fried egg on top so hungry right now that's my favorite food I and you have that. to fry the egg in oil like there's something about the danger 
Mm-hmm. That makes it more delicious. Mm-hmm. And like the edges get all crispy. Yeah, it's always and oil. The yolk is all like, oh, golden on the white rice. It's so Eggs good. Eggs are magical. Eggs are magical. Eggs are embryos of creation. Mm-hmm. You can do anything with an egg. It's so cool. You can even do a face mask with yes. an egg. Yes. There's. I love a poached egg. I love. Oh. oh. <laughs> I learned how to how to poach eggs. I learned how to poach eggs. Wow. And it was a good it was because yeah. I wanted to make Benedict's at home. Yeah. You know? I love and, a poached um, egg. Were there any foods that you don't like for any certain reason? No. None? None off the top of your head. None that I can recall. But my dad was always really big. No. Wow. My dad was always really big on us eating everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and not in like a, you better eat that yeah. or you get nothing kind of way. But he was like, you need to eat everything because you're yeah. not going to be one of those kids who's like, you're food smelly. Ew. Yeah. Like, those kids. It's not their fault. It's oh, their parents' right. fault. No, that is messed up. <laughs> it's yeah. their parents' fault. Um, yeah. But my dad was always like, you can't be weird about the way other people's food smell, the way other people's food tastes. You're going to eat everything. And like we did. Like we grew up eating all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. Indian food, like everything, everything. I remember going to the sushi bar with my dad when I was really small. And like the sushi chef was like, you're going to eat this? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I don't think there are any ingredients I don't like either. Like I... You're not allergic to anything? I'm not allergic to anything. Me neither. I love food, love food. so much. I eat canned sardines on the regs. Like okay. I eat weird things. I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> eat that. I love canned... Oh, I loved canned sardines and like oil or canned anchovies. It's like super anchovies. Spanish. Some like yeah. canned fish and oil and some crackers and salty yeah. cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some olives and Mike's pickles like, on the yeah. side. Yes, it's so good. Or sometimes I put the sardines in the air fryer. Yeah. And then they get crispy on the outside Ooh. and put that on top of white rice. That sounds good. Delicious. I love I to like eat. that. What about you? Is there anything you won't eat or don't um, like to eat? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, I don't like hot dogs. Like, when people put hot dogs in their mac and cheese, I'm not about that life. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't really like mac hot and cheese because of the dairy. Oh. Yeah. I like hot dogs. I love mac and cheese. I do not like hot dogs. I do not like hot dogs. I like linguisa. Oh, I love some salchichas. I eat that every <laughs> single day of my life. Yeah. But, yeah, no hot dogs and... What will I not eat? What will I not eat? When I was a camp counselor, we used to make hot dogs for all the campers on Wednesdays. And me and the other counselor, Sparrow, every week would have a competition to see who could eat the most hot dogs. Well, see, I'll eat and a, I'll eat a little, uh, <laughs> what are they called? Little wieners? The little wieners? Those are good, too. I like those yes. over a campfire. I will eat a hot dog. I like but, a burned hot dog. Yeah, though. like I don't I like a charred. boiled one. Yeah, I like it blistery. Yes, that I think that's my. Ugh. I don't like boiled hot dogs. All pro- I'd out. probably eat like at a ball game. I'd probably eat like a good charred hot dog. Yeah, it's more of a textural thing for me. I love me. a good. I also don't like the boiled hot dogs. But I need charred, a charred wiener. Yeah, I need a charred wiener. I need a charred wiener. No boiled wieners. No boiled wieners. Gross. <laughs> not eat. I think grow, I didn't have as much diverse eating growing up. Anchovies. I mean, I'm not gonna like. Eh. 
Do you put anchovies on your pizza, yes. Mike? Yeah, me too. I'll eat it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna refuse to eat it. But if I have a choice, I won't eat it. If I have a choice, which I do all the time, so it's I always have no. to order the anchovies on the side because Brian doesn't like them. I like when you get the anchovies on the pizza though, because yes. then it like bakes into the cheese. Yeah. We'll have to get Fuck that next up. time it's we get so our good. third eye bind pizza uh, time. It's delicious, but I like pineapples on my pizza. I do too. Well, good. That's very controversial. It is, and I like. I it. love a Hawaiian pizza. I don't like ham on the pizza. Oh, though. I like the ham. I too. don't like the ham. And I like. I don't a, like ham in general. I like a jalapeno with it Ooh. too. I would have pepperoni, pineapple, and jalapeno. That sounds good to me. Do you like big pepperonis or small pepperonis? I'll take a pepperoni any way any you size. give it to me. Yeah, I like both, but I prefer the small ones. The small ones are really because good. They like curl up. They on cr- me and yes, get and the crunchy. oil in the middle. Uh, yes, that's very, that very so good. good. I don't know, <laughs> but it's delicious. Something that this all this food talk is making me think of is one of the things my dad taught me is like the the base of all Cuban food is green bell pepper, onion, and garlic. And if you have that, you can make anything mm-hmm. that tastes delicious. And it's kind of this, it goes back to the, when we talk about having like foundational disciplines for stuff in order to improvise. Yeah, yeah. And Uh like that was one of those things Mm -hmm. that I learned. And so like at the base of everything, just about everything that I make, there's onions, bell pepper, and garlic in the pan and oil first. And then the house smells good. Garlic and onion. Garlic for me is like garlic. My dad's a big garlic person too. Mm -hmm. Like garlic's just a thing. And garlic is a very magical ingredient. All ingredients are magical, Mm -hmm. but like... We talked about in the plant episode, like there are certain plants that we can consume Mm -hmm. that have like very interesting folklore surrounding them. And garlic is like one of them, like the vampires Mm -hmm. and like it's available in different areas and cultures. Mm -hmm. And like garlic garlic is really really big in in Judaism too, in Jewish culture. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Garlic is magic. And, like, garlic can keep you from getting sick. Mm-hmm. Garlic can also ward away, like, evil mm-hmm. spirits. It's like protective about, like, the intensity of the flavor. It's so potent, it's but it's so potent. small. Like, yeah. garlic is magical. Garlic is very mm-hmm. cool. I want a garlic bulb tattoo, side note. Me too. Love- I've really? been thinking that. <gasps> yes. I've been wanting to put a garlic next to my salt. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I've been looking at garlic bulb tattoos. We'll have to make it. We'll have to find an Or cherry tomato vine. And make a date. We're going to have garlic to bulbs. get garlic bulbs. Yeah, I want one that has like a little bit of a sprout coming yeah. out of it. Did you see my spell space design of, of um, Hecate? I haven't looked at that one it's, yet. I drew garlic bulbs and it's three mm. of them and it's pretty cool. Yes. I want it kind of long but and roots. but Yes, a little yeah. bit of roots and a little Maybe, bit of the yeah, sprout. Yeah, not too much, but yeah. I've seen some people that have them like boom and I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. But... Garlic is always butter and garlic. Is, butter. Oh, I mean, come I on. The combination of butter and garlic. I fucking love butter so much. I like making my <laughs> own like fettuccine. Mm. That's a vibe because it's only it's garlic, butter and heavy cream. Yeah, that's it. I don't eat fettuccine as much just because the heavy cream will try to kill me. So dairy is not a great thing for you. Dairy is not a great thing for me, but I love dairy. Yeah. Like, I like cheese and crackers and cured meats. Have you had cashew cheese? Is my jam. And there are good cheeses. Like, the cashew cheese is good. It's I've had good, a lot of good. But you know what? It's just not It's the expensive. Same. It's so, it costs so much and more. And 
Yeah. And cheese is already expensive right now. Organic. Everything's expensive. Vegan, you know. Yeah. Dairy alt foods are at a time when right now groceries are real expensive. A can of effing oatmeal was $8 at the store the other day. For I was looking for, because we mix it in with Fox's like bougie ass bison meal. No. It was $8 for a can, like of of Quaker oats. No. For shame. For shame. And I was like, nope, we're getting not That's that. That's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, things are, things are very expensive right now. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you don't have time and groceries are expensive? You eat out. Yeah. Because fast food, God bless fast food, has basically remained affordable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like Jack in the Box is still real cheap. Like, yeah. In-N-Out is still in and out pretty is, cheap. Yeah. You know, In-N-Out is whatever as a company. But, like, yeah. it's consistently affordable, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that because, yeah. you know, I love In-N-Out. But, you know, it's it's almost more affordable to eat out at a fast yes. food place every day than to... Isn't that wild? It's it's almost It really is almost more affordable to it do is, that truly. most of the time. Yeah. And you don't have to spend the time and energy prepping things. Yeah. Especially if you have mm-hmm. kids that you need to feed, like immediately, yeah. immediately drive through. I mean, the convenience is just worth it sometimes. It absolutely is. And that's okay. Is. And that's okay. Yeah. But like learning how to grow something yourself is a sustainable way to create more food. Mm-hmm. You know, even, I mean, it's tough because you have to like know how to grow and yeah. be consistent. You have to have the time and with the space. It and yeah, be consistent yeah. with taking care of some other living thing. Yeah. You know, but there, yeah, I mean, but it's, you, know, you know, we do what we can. We do what we can. We do our best. I'm and not shaming anybody no that's way. feeding their kids McDonald's. No way. No way. No I know. Way. Before I had kids, I was like, I'm never going to give my I'm kids I'm never going to give them a tablet. They're yeah. only going to have vegan, da-da-da, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now I'm like... No. Yeah, we can go get some McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. life is hard and it's demanding and... You know, this is a source of shame for so many of my friends and clients too. Like, I'm eating out too much. I'm eating out too much. Yeah. I'm getting Postmates too much. Uh-huh. I'm getting drive through too much. I need to save more money. And it's like, totally. Cooking for yourself does save money. But also, are you saving money if you go and buy all those groceries and then you don't have the time or energy Absolutely. to make anything with them? And also, it's balance. And it's balance. You're working your ass off yes and that balance to that is sometimes you eat out yeah and maybe fed is best fed is best (laughs) fed is best there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people that don't get fed at all yeah you know and i try not to waste food i really don't like doing that um but i'm really into freezing leftovers yeah that's like a naughty thing i've inherited costco god bless costco because they are are the only affordable grocery right now for me literally Okay, literally that's all we shot when it was like eight dollars everywhere else for eggs you could get like four dozen eggs at costco for the same price yes yeah and you can i i don't know what i would do right now without costco like costco you can get if you plan accordingly i would say you know a good tip get a costco card if you can right now Mm -hmm. because it is so it's like 50 bucks a year yeah but you get i mean you can get eggs like two dozen eggs for like 
five dollars. Yeah. A can, big old can of pesto, and a big thing of like good pasta. They have that, good pasta there. They're very yes. good imported, like the non good pasta. the European pasta with not all the crap in it. Yeah. Like for they can get big old bags for like ten bucks. It's literally maybe. just like wheat and water in that. Pasta. You can get it's things amazing. in bulk in like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's better price for like. Um, just d- non-dairy milks too, yeah way i get better. the silk oat milk baby mm-hmm. i get like six of them every time yes. it's just you get a costco membership for free if you sign up for triple a too that's wow. how we ended up becoming costco members costco sponsor us We've this is the sponsor us, sponsor us can someone just we're just gonna keep talking about companies <laughs> but truly costco yeah. has saved my behind me lately. too yeah and like getting um, just like pantry stuff there, like getting their instant yeah. ramen or their instant pho, like yeah. things like that are ways that I can make sure that I actually eat something. Yeah, we had a child here for a month. My niece, Gianna, mm-hmm. came and stayed with us. And we were like, all right, babe, let's go to Costco. You know, like, because we had to take her to school every day. Mm-hmm. She went to an acting camp like your kids did. Mm-hmm and feed her and stuff and it was like very interesting they're so hungry all the time yeah they get expensive and they're she's really funny because she's a vegetarian cute and uh, by choice and um she she's not picky but i got to know like what she would eat and what she wouldn't Mm -hmm. eat like yeah it's really it's really (laughs) cute it's really cute she likes boba yeah me too (laughs) there's like yeah, it's just it's just interesting. And I, I would say, too, like, if you're someone who doesn't or, ha- like, judges a culture's food before you've even experienced or tried it, give it a shot because it may not be you actually don't like it or want it. It might just be you haven't been exposed to it. Gotta expand the palate. You have to because, like, I li- I'm from a small-ass town. Yeah. And that had one kind of crappy sushi place. And that got, it opened up when I was in like high school. So I didn't have sushi until I was like high school. I can't even imagine. I always always dated outside my race. Luckily, I had like Filipino food and Mexican food. All this Mexican food all the time because that's the, you know, predominant culture in where I'm from is Mexican. So we would just have all this, you know, and it was great. But like outside of that, not so much. And uh, I hadn't had Indian food. When I got married was the first time I had like Creole food, uh, like soul food. Well, no, that's not true. But like Creole food, Chinese food that yeah. wasn't Panda Express, you yeah. know, like dim sum, like Indian food, which I absolutely yeah. love, I love Indian food. Food. I love dim sum. Dim sum. I just love all of these other foods that are outside of what I grew up with. Like Cuban food, like all of it. I love Spanish food. food. Even though I'm Spanish, but like, you know. I say I love every food, but I've never had like bangers and mash. Okay. I (laughs) I have not had British food. I've never had British food. I've had poutine. That's like Canadian, I've never had poutine either. Poutine. It's like soggy it's like, french fries. It's right? like fries with stuff on it. Yeah. But yeah, I've never had like, I've what is it? Haggard. Haggard? Haggard? Haggis? Haggis? I've had like haggis Scottish food. Because my mom had a Scottish friend growing oh, up. Oh, really? So I have had that. But I've also like, I eat menudo. Food. It's like the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, prepared yeah. differently. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it. I food is a fun way to like you know, just experience the other world other you. worlds yes. and travel and like. Uh, my husband and I are both foodies and very into like I want to try Ethiopian food. Like Halen Belay, who we had Ethiopian on the food. show, is Ethiopian, uh. and I've been telling her like, oh, we like you know when she was here, I was like, let's go or like. Yeah, you know, but it's, I I love know, Mike's had it, but food. I haven't had it, and I uh, really want it. That's the one thing I miss about working downtown was that I was able to get the best delivery from all over Los Angeles. Yeah, that's <laughs> and great. I would get Ethiopian food at least once a week. It's the yeah. like spongy bread that you eat everything with, and then yeah. um, Sorel, which is this like hibiscus drink, mm. and it's it's like an ancestor to Jamaica, which is what we is is like an agua fresca, right? Yeah. That everybody drinks the pink yeah. one. And I think it's just so beautiful that this plant, hibiscus, mm. was brought over as resistance, you know, during the Middle Passage, and it became integrated into different cultures yeah. as well. And, like, the hibiscus tea, man, there's there's potency yeah. in that. Food is, like music and mm-hmm. performance, to tie this into the last episode, is universal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you experience different cultures food you learn more about those people and maybe you Mm -hmm. empathize with them more you learn that japanese food is different from chinese food Mm -hmm. that's different from vietnamese food Mm -hmm. that's different from like korean food Mm -hmm. and you not all asians are the same you know like that sort of thing and it, it it's a if you're if you it's just a way to experience culture in an inviting way and to learn and yeah. that's a really beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. Just, well, and I don't know. to go back to like pleasure too, like when we open ourselves up to consuming food prepared differently by different people. Yeah. Like we expand our capacity for experiencing pleasure. We really do. You can tell a lot. Like when mm-hmm. you eat something that someone's prepared, I can taste the the intent yeah i can like taste things like i can discern things Mm -hmm. from the food yeah that's why like cookies your grandma makes from you taste different for you taste different than like cookies from a bag of famous amos yeah yeah and it's really interesting like just when something is authentically prepared Mm -hmm. like look my husband and i both love panda express Mm -hmm. but when we get something that's authentically Chinese and like mm-hmm. prepared in the way or by those people and, like, it's in a different. Chinese like a family restaurant oh, when you see yeah. like the, the mom lazy Susan and the grandma. oh there's a whole thing oh it's my favorite there's lots of yelling and mm-hmm. it's fun yeah but that's that's what they say about like you know like if there's a kid doing their homework in the corner it's like legit you know, it's good. yeah if they have terrible Yelp reviews it's legit like I don't judge you, like you're not supposed to be there I don't judge I don't judge a restaurant that's the place I want to be <laughs> yeah I, I want to be judged heavily exactly when and I walk in I want them to be like yes. why is this bitch here I'm like and that's how I know it's good <laughs> yeah if it's too clean I'm like what's happening we found a new kanji restaurant by our house it's not new it's been there a long time but we finally went and ate there and it's amazing 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 rice porridge every day (laughs) there's a there's a a few chinese places by us one is called okay chinese food (laughs) and i'm like i bet it's more than okay i bet it's extremely good (laughs) we have have yet to try it but we there's a lot of fusion too in food which is really beautiful like Mm. there's a i think it's a 
Vietnamese Chinese fusion. There's a lot of just fusions of different things, and that's exciting for me too because I like cool things, making other cool things. <laughs> you know, like it's creative. Something that I think about a lot is um, how in other places, like you places that aren't America, like restaurants will serve one thing. Like they're good. Like this is ramen shop. This is mm -hmm. tamale shop. Mm -hmm. the, and like they perfect the art of this one thing. But when we live here in the United States, it's like you have the Cheesecake Factory that has an 800-page encyclopedia menu. And is any of it really great? Not to knock the cheesecake. I will always say yes if you want to invite me to Cheesecake I like Cheesecake Denny's, Factory. so I don't, yeah. Like I will absolutely eat there. To each their own. I am not critical. But there's also something about like, yeah. The intention of perfecting a specific art of food. Yeah. Versus like, yeah. you know, it's this kind of like almost factory energy. Yeah. If, I mean, it's called the Cheesecake Factory, LOL. It is the Cheesecake This is a really funny example, but like Mike and I went to this, it's called Peggy Sue's Diner and it's on the way back from Vegas. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I've always okay. wanted to go. We actually went, and it because it's like a very kitschy, creepy, yeah, fifties Americana. Uh, I'm so curious. Throwback, and the food. It's like authentic fifties, like that kind of white like people Jello food. Molds? Yes, <laughs> like it was so authentically like the malts were good, and like I'm white, I dip my French fries in my milkshake. I do what like a, a oh, malt. You do? I yeah, like do you malt. put your milk your French fries? Absolutely. In okay, if cool. I'm gonna eat well, dairy, I'm American. I do that. I'm Maybe it's do American that. thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, like a malt with malt powder. Yes, and a cherry on top, and it was like vintage, and like the whole thing had been around forever, and like they had that counter. We sat. You sat at the, sat counter? At the counter. Yes. And like Flo served us, you know what I mean? And it was cool. Uh, but like that food I stop there next tasted time we go. like that kind of food. Yeah. It you was were like really in, weird. Like in frozen in time. I was frozen in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was very like weird and creepy yeah. and like. I don't know. It was kind of fun. I want to go. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's a lot of tourists. It's like a tourist trap, yeah. but yeah, it was. It was cool. Like, they're all playing, like, you know, all the old songs yeah. and all that. Do they that. have the jukeboxes on the table there? They had a jukebox, like, napkin holder type okay, thing. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, the menus are, like, you know, like, uh, gosh, I don't know, like, Marilyn Monroe's matzo ball or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they had all kinds of, like, it was just very kitsch. And That's I like cute. a kitsch camp Me too. moment. I really do. So mm -hmm. it was, it was weird. But I like weird. So. <laughs> so many different ways to yeah. explore and enjoy the magic of I'm hungry me too I'm hungry now <laughs> we have leftover pizza to go eat so. <laughs> do we want to take any questions before we yeah we can take one right, let's, let's, do, let's one. do one one before great we go one. eat our our pizza yum magic yum pizza and have our pizza magician Mike Reheat our pizzas. Mike is so good at reheating the pizza. I cannot. The leftover king. That's magic. Do, being able to transform leftovers into something palatable. Absolutely. He's very good at that. I mean, it makes sense. He's like with creatively what he does musically and mashes things together and yeah. manipulates. It's cool. Mike's a magician. Mm -hmm. um, okay. This is a good question. When someone is affected negatively by spirits, what's going on with their own good spirits? 
That's a very good question. How come some folks are left unprotected? What role do spirits play in our protection? I feel like that's a you question more than a me question. I love this question. It's a great question. And it's got some layers, so we're going to peel them one by one as best we can in short form answer. (laughs) So anyone can be susceptible to the influence of a turbulent or malevolent spirit, okay? Just like how I can take my vitamins every day, drink plenty of water, eat good food, and still end up getting sick. Sick, yeah. I could still get COVID. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, No matter how hard I try to take care of myself, I could still get the stomach flu. And it's not so dissimilar when it comes to our spirits. You can do all of the things that you need to do to build relationship with your good spirits, but sometimes stuff just happens. And the more psychically sensitive you are, um, the more you are aware of turbulent or malevolent spirits. And also when you're in the midst of spiritual awakening, you become a little bit more vulnerable to spirits. And if you don't have an established relationship with your guardians and your good spirits, there's only so much they can do to help you. And the reason why is that our good spirits respect our autonomy. They respect Mm. our free will. And until we grant them our consent for them to intercede on our behalf, there's only so much that they can and will do. And that's why I stress so much the importance of developing conscious relationships with your good spirits because that's when they are able to protect you most and best and I don't ever want anyone to think like they've done something wrong and that's how they end up with an attachment um malevolent spirits can be something we just like we're wrong place wrong time um we're very sensitive to malevolent spirits when we've experienced trauma uh abuse sexual abuse a car accident things like that and so like Mm. life happens and the same way you get sick you might pick up a hitchhiking ghost from time to time. And it's not that your good spirits have abandoned you. It's just a symptom of being a human being on this spiritual earth. And no attachment is permanent. You can do things on your own to release them. um, Or you can seek out help if you can't do it on your own. Yeah. it's all good. I think that happened to me recently. I don't think it was like a super like strong because I'm pretty strong Mm -hmm. spiritually and but I was definitely like in a depressive state and Mm -hmm. feeling vulnerable and I think that something was perpetuating that absolutely um because I can sort of tell when it's me and when it's because I'm on medication for anxiety I take Lexapro and it should regulate Mm -hmm. that and and when I have exacerbated symptoms that should not be happening and Mm -hmm. don't feel they feel really foreign and extreme I know it's likely some energetic force whether it's an entity or just an energetic whatever Mm -hmm. mishmash of whatever something's off and what I needed to do was go to Las Vegas and go through a portal and lose it I went to a place I went to a place where they couldn't 
the delusions of grandeur were so strong and the lights were so bright that it was just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And the light, you know, look, Vegas is, places are different to different people. But mm-hmm. for me, Vegas is a place of light, okay? Mm-hmm. It is a place of literal light and happiness and happy memories. And I went somewhere that it couldn't follow, mm-hmm. I think, I think. And so I was able to figure that out. Yeah. And without calling up Caitlin and being like, um, help, I, help oh my me. God, you really did need an exorcism. I Maybe thought you I were did. joking. No, I was sort of, jo- I have, I say I do all the time because it's funny. That's why I didn't know you were serious. No, you I might, I, I think I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. like, I would only ask you for an exorcism you took care of if it. I was like <laughs> real bad, yeah. but you know, if it lasted for more than a few months, yeah. I'd probably be like, I need some assistance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also visualized like, and asked for help from my like good mm-hmm. spirits and imagine them surrounding me mm-hmm. and just sort of visualized them holding hands or whatever and just having support in mm-hmm. that way. And, you know, not, not everything's perfect all of a sudden, but I'm definitely out of an anxious, depressive the state. Yeah. 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 Then that can last a while. Mm-hmm. I was like a month or two for me. Yeah. There are entities that absolutely, like, feed off of when yeah. we find ourselves mm-hmm. in depressive or vulnerable oh, yeah. states. But it's, it's but true. nothing and lasts forever. Like, that's yeah. truly helps me get through mm-hmm. is, like, when I'm in a depressive, anxious state is, like, this is, um, what's the word? Not permanent. It's not permanent. It's not permanent. Yeah. It's temporary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is temporary. Yeah. Like, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Like it will go like things will change and i think i get stuck in that like this is how it is forever oh no mm-hmm. panic mode sometimes yeah. with like stress or money issues or whatever it is like but it's really a cyclical situation and yeah. even like those attachments or whatever will pass mm-hmm. because you have resources like caitlin and what you can do on your own to like mm-hmm. get out and that's what's cool about you know what Caitlin does and what other spiritual practitioners of that nature do because it's such it's worked that it's work that like people are very skeptical about and people are very just like sus about Mm -hmm. but it's an important community offering Mm -hmm. to have it's important to have people that are have good intent and Mm -hmm. are knowledgeable and can showcase what their ancestors taught them you know and I think that's it's okay to, you make it okay to ask for help. Yeah. And not, cle- you know, and do it in the privacy and seclusion that mm-hmm. they may ask for and or whatever it is. I just think it's like a very therapeutic, helpful, legitimate mm-hmm. practice. And yes. so that well, was a long explanation. You but- touched on something important, which is like you realized that the feeling wasn't just your own. Yeah. And that's something that so many of my clients who... I've helped with at that capacity have had in common Mm -hmm. and it's something they feel a lot of shame and embarrassment about Mm. like almost afraid to say like I feel like it's not my own and because you know it's like oh well you're crazy it's all in your head no like where else is it coming from and so I think it's I provide a space of relief because somebody yeah like believes them and understands yeah it's also not owning all of that for themselves Mm -hmm. it's like saying like i'm depressed i'm Mm -hmm. depressed and just like 
labeling your like words like mm-hmm. labeling yourself i'm depressed like currently i feel this way mm-hmm. currently i feel this way yes, and i think having, don't own your blocks don't own your blocks <laughs> and i do that that's yeah. i'm saying it because i do it <laughs> but like having us having somebody say no this is not all your fault mm-hmm. this is not even your fault to begin with mm-hmm. like there's other forces that can happen yeah and because we're taught that like magical cultural practices are not real and in our heads and that we are crazy we're going to think that yeah. that's the first we thing we're to gonna doubt think ourselves and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it's just like that's and that's okay to have a skeptical mind that's actually a it's really a good really thing. good yeah. thing <laughs> but to to know and to to know yourself enough to be like this is out of even if it is something that maybe isn't an attachment or an entity like knowing like this is more than I can handle right now yeah let me ask for mm-hmm. get therapy talk therapy exactly, yeah. spiritual therapy that's what that is mm-hmm. and so there might be someone might else might be able to recognize something or at least take the burden off mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it's just important it's important work that's what we do we did as witches and as magical you know, that's what we do. That's in whatever different ways that we do what we do. Like, that's what we do. So a holistic approach is of the body, the mind and the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And different practitioners help you in different ways with the different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some of them are not well-intentioned and that's unfortunate, but discernment, discernment, (laughs) it's just, you know, not mm-hmm. one size does not fit all no. in this case. And it's okay to shop around. But it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to shop around mm-hmm. and say no to people yes. and say, have a consultation to be like, mm-hmm. I don't think you're the right one for me. Just like yes. a good therapist, you can, they'll say at any time, if you want to change yes. your therapist, I was thinking, about, I will not be offended. I need to do a blog post about like questions to ask a spiritual practitioner yeah. before saying yes. Yeah. Because like, I don't say yes to every client that comes to me because I would never say yes to someone who I knowingly can't help. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it would be helpful for clients to have a frame of reference of questions they can ask practitioners to help them decide whether or not someone's right yeah. for them. I'm yeah. going to work on that. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Anyway, well, that was a long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they came to hear us talk, Laura. <laughs> they did. That, that's true. I'm always like, I'm sorry I'm, I'm entertaining sorry for you. Existing I'm sorry. <laughs> on my own show. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, my- it's all listen to three, but I'm so sorry. <laughs> Well, this is a super cool episode. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And thank you for listening to Third Eye Bind. Be sure to leave us a message on the Third Eye Line. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye Line by sending us a voice message or text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one-on-one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Third Eye Bind is produced and edited by Mike Realm. Hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin at caitlin.grania.